0: Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on Core Temp Arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. Uh, For this episode, we have a special guest. I'm Peter. Joining me as always... I'm Mariano. And for the first time on this show, we have... Jawan. Jawan. Hey, Joan's over from uh, TV at My Brain covering power uh with Jamel and Devin. That's right. Joan, did you do anything else over there?
1: Um just power for the moment. We're probably gonna come back um uh, when Insecure comes back. Um and whatever other shows that the um, illustrious co hosts Jamel and Devin <laughs> invite me on.
0: Oh very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, I, I I used to listen to that coverage when I started watching the show. I didn't get very far, but that's, it's not because of the show. It's just, as we all know, there's just too many damn shows to catch up on. Uh So, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I I think I got up to the fourth or maybe fifth episode of season one and I just, (laughs) I just had no more time to catch up. Um, so that, that's really it. So we'll definitely have you pimp out, uh, you know, the, the contacts and, and, um, you know, and all that good stuff at the end here. But uh, today, we are here to review another anniversary, uh, this time Pulp Fiction, uh, Quentin Tarantino's, um, w- one of his very big ones, one of his early, uh, early, earlier works here. One of the things that we like to do uh, on the show, too, for anyone that's tuning in for the first time, we talk about some of the movies that came out that same weekend and also the number one song. Um, so obviously, if you've been listening to our show, um, I'll Make Love to You has been number one for some time now and will be for the next few more months. <laughs> um, and then uh, All I Want to Do was the number two song as of last week, and it still is this week. So we're going to talk about the number three song, Endless Love, by Luther Vandross and Mariah Carey. My love There's only you
2: in my life
0: The only thing that's around
2: Uh-huh. Is, so. is this a remake to endless love from isn't it uh lionel richie and oh gosh i forget who he sang it with but if it is i know the song but i don't know if i know this version
0: uh, I, I feel like we, we'll find out after the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I vaguely I, remember. I know those artists. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, well,
2: I'm not going to go into dissertation about this, but um, uh, speaking of music, Juwan mm-hmm. has joined Allegra and I in Music Ate My Brain, which is a show that Peter and I have covered also in connection to uh, our TV Ate My Brain coverage of um, uh, Biggie and Tupac getting murdered, whatever. I can't remember the show now. <laughs>
0: unsolved thank you <laughs> Jeez, thanks mariano I remember, I remember you i remember <laughs> oh, you in okay. that you right. were right. excellent you with me <laughs> you were
2: excellent in that show peter you were carrying the whole thing man by the way are we continuing uh the movies that the 11 year old peter had no business watching
0: um this was not one of them okay <laughs> i i definitely saw this later probably late teens i i would say i came came on this one very late
2: Probably a good thing.
0: I think so. I think so. Um, so speaking of uh, movies, that same weekend, Pulp Fiction came out. Uh, we're looking back at October 14th, 1994. Uh, Little Giants also came out that weekend.
2: I am not a Rick Moranis fan, so I didn't watch that. Really? Yeah. You I do like Spaceballs? I, I, I like Spaceballs, but I'm still okay. not a, a Rick Moranis fan. I've seen, I've seen multiple Rick Moranis movies that he's been in. Okay. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Ghostbusters, you know, and, um, and, uh, well, this old movie that you may not know about, or it's probably created before you were born, Peter, but, uh, Streets of, <laughs> Streets of Fire. I've seen that. You see, okay. I, the uh, soundtrack uh, our better our than friend, the movie. Uh,
0: yeah. J. Jay, Jay Giles. I, I was a guest yeah. on his show, uh, oh. reviewing that movie. And that oh, was okay. my first time watching it.
2: Oh, okay. Which, yeah, William Defoe, Rick Moranis, whoa, a bunch whoa, of wait. people. Yeah.
0: Street, streets of Fire? Yeah. Streets of Fire. Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie.
2: Maybe. Streets of Fire has uh, a pretty oh. good soundtrack, has I uh, Can Dream About You, and it has um, that one song. I think that's Turnaround. the same one. Yeah. I,
0: I don't remember Rick Moranis in it.
2: Yeah, he's uh, the kind of slimy-ish like uh, music producer guy that was with the woman singer.
0: Well, I do remember somebody slapping a woman. and I was like, what is this? I'm that watching? was Rick Moranis. <laughs> 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 okay I, I all
1: right well i imagine snapping a woman but okay i,
0: I don't think yeah. i've seen
1: that though i gotta maybe watch
0: that it was <laughs> definitely a product of his time I'll definitely a product it's but...
1: like the movie we we're gonna talk about yeah right just, here we
0: go yeah oh oh god yes um <laughs> also uh one of my favorites west craven's new nightmare yes that was a good okay. one i really that was a good that one. One. I like it yes um i did review that here with tom uh we we actually did the entire nightmare franchise uh, a couple years ago, and I still haven't seen this, and I want to. But Hoop Dreams the documentary, uh-huh. that also came out. So, oh, gosh. Um, all all very notable movies, actually. Right. Wow. So, which continues the theme we said, 1994 had a lot of good ass movies. Uh,
2: it did, at least memorable. Once that uh, were popular, at the very least. Yeah,
0: I think so. Absolutely. Uh, so that's the weekend uh, of the release. Um, so Pulp Fiction, uh, this one, I think. Uh, Many have seen, many are familiar with. Um, Tarantino's not for everybody, for sure. Uh, This one, he did direct and write. Um, This one stars, who doesn't it star, right? We got Travolta, um, Samuel Jackson, Uma Thurman, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, uh, Ving Rhames, Eric Stoltz, who was Martin McFly um, 1.0, Christopher Walken, and Bruce Willis, uh, just to name a few. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because... There's just so many people, uh, people in here. Um, you know, Jawan, you're our guest. Why don't we start with you? But do you have a history with this movie?
1: Um, my history with this movie, I do remember watching this probably when I was way too young. Okay. um <laughs> you, to, uh, to Jawan had no business watching this movie. <laughs> right, right, but um. I I do remember when I watching this movie. I don't I did not see it in theaters, of course. I caught up with it like most people did when it was um out on VHS back when VHS was a thing. Um you know, and I remember at the time liking it. I do not necessarily think it aged as well as some of his other uh movies um that he did after Pulp Fiction has. But I do remember um, enjoying it at the time because of how different it was and um, how inventive it seemed in the dialogue, of course, in the content of the movie. It was unlike anything I had seen previously. And I think a lot of time and a lot of things, a lot of issues, not not going to say issues, but a lot of the uh, ways in which it tackled certain topics, you know, were just unlike anything that ever came before. And I don't think you can do something like that now. Um, so I think he was a visionary in that, in that sense. But again, I do not think it's a movie that aged, that would age very well in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, with a 2019 mentality, uh, mentality when we will yeah. get into a little bit more of
0: that later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Mariano. What about you? <laughs> so I, um,
2: I remember meeting up with a uh, high school friend at the time. Shout out to Lisa. What up? And she, She's she, Lisa. she ain't listening to this, but whatever. Um, She's not Lisa. Lisa, is she no, no, it's not Lisa. Lisa. Oh, <laughs> I'm not old enough to be her high school friend, but I wouldn't <laughs> mind being her friend. I'm <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, you know uh so i just remember like hooking up with this friend we're like oh let's go watch this movie we went to the theater no idea what the fuck we were waiting for right so no idea and then we watched this film and afterwards i was just like what did i just watch this is like like unlike like joan like you were saying unlike anything before that right like the way that it was fractured and now i didn't see um i did not watch uh uh the previous film that he did until afterwards reservoir dogs. reservoir dogs right i did not see that one until afterwards right so right. so so the fact that the way that it was kind of fragmented time-wise you know he's jumping through time quite a bit mm-hmm. was something different for me when i was watching it so at first i, I kind of like was like well let me just let it wash over me because i have no idea what's happening and then realizing that the time time was not constant in this film so mm-hmm. and i and i am you know, I, I, it's true that it's not something you can make nowadays. I get that. But at the same time, watching it again, I'm like, "You know what? I still I I enjoy it in a different way." Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like mm. like how when I first saw it and I was more like, "What the fuck is happening here?" It's still a mm. good film, but what the hell is happening? And, and now it's like, "Well, it still, still it still it holds up as a movie, but I understand where the problems would be." Um, mm-hmm. and also, whatever you think of Tarantino, I mean, I honestly don't know I'm kind of got mixed feelings about the dude, but mm. he does know how to how to put a good soundtrack together and he does know how to like spin a good yarn he could tell you know he can have dialogue is the thing for him I get it, yeah, um, mm. but to me, it's like there's i have issues with some like more more than half of his movies actually i don't i think that this one just for a nos- nostalgic uh peter nostalgic Reasons. Yes. i I enjoy this one, yeah yes, yes, yes. Yes, yeah nah, I heard yeah I that word yeah <laughs> and um, and I would say, uh Jackie Brown to me for which is like one of the least tarantino type movies, maybe mm. except for the music, are my favorites, um, you know, and I thought Kill Bill was overkill, but that's just me, I'm crazy, mm.
0: <laughs> you, you know what I'm Again, I was 11 when this movie came out. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you which was the first Tarantino movie. If I were to guess, I, I would guess Kill Bill was probably my first introduction to Tarantino verse. Okay. You know, if, if we can call it that. Um, now, thinking back, you know, I, I, was, I think I said earlier on that I might have been like in my late teens. If Kill Bill was my first and enjoyed it, that's probably what made me want to go back and check out some of his other stuff. I think why I didn't watch some of his previous stuff, Jackie Brown, I remember putting away that cover box at the blockbusters, you know, so Mm -hmm. I was very familiar with that. And I knew that was a movie of his, but, um, but I had never seen it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think um, kill bill was my um, obviously introduction, but Pulp Fiction. Once I did watch that, I think that was probably my most mature movie. You know, Mm -hmm. this is uh, the, at the time, I mean, uh, horror movies aside, this was probably the most violent, the most vulgar, uh, the most, you know, uh, drug news. I think. You know, it, it, I can't think of any other ones that, that I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this because of the, the, the content of this movie. Um, Pulp Fiction might have been it. And I, I feel because I was working out, uh, this might have been like post-blockbuster. But I think around the same time, that's when I decided to go back and watch Reservoir Dogs, which I also enjoyed um mm-hmm. I've seen Death Proof. I love inglorious Bastards. I've um I enjoyed Django Unchained. Hateful Eight. Just looking at his filmography is the only one I have not seen yet. I uh, saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which, just real quickly, either of you seen that movie? Yes. I have not. Okay, uh, Joanne, what did you think of it?
1: I really love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think um when I I, I tend to do on Facebook my. Um, top 10. Mm-hmm. I think once upon a time in Hollywood right now is probably going to end up being my number two or three. Okay. Okay. Um,
0: movie. I, um, sure. I, that's a actually, um, kind of a cool idea. I don't do top uh, lists, which is funny. Cause I used to do, we got five, but, um, <laughs> I, I too loved once upon a time in Hollywood, you know, and this is kind of similar in a, in a way, the way it's shot. Um, well, maybe that wasn't the the right wording of it, but it, it's just, just people having conversations and just doing shit. You know, that mm-hmm. that's all it was. Um, Pulp Fiction is not a movie I grew up with. Uh, I would say that this rewatch for this review was probably my second, maybe third time I've ever seen the movie. And each uh-huh. time I did see it through, um, before I watched Pulp Fiction for the very first time, I was very familiar with it through pop culture. You know, mm. how many times was the dance scene uh, redone in, in on other TV shows or mm-hmm. in spoofs for, like, maybe the MTV Movie Awards, you know, things like that. Right. Um, just references uh, from everything. And I don't know if it's because I watched, like, El Camino and then Pulp Fiction the next day. I was just like, God damn, w- w- was Pulp Fiction kind of an inspiration for Breaking Bad? Because there were a lot of elements where I'm like, man, th- maybe this is where they got that idea. Um, right. But, but Pulp Fiction, I I did enjoy watching it this time around. A lot of the details I had forgotten, so it was almost watching um the movie brand new. Obviously I remember some of the much more major scenes. Um the problem I had with it was Tarantino's use of the N word, you know, for all these characters. Like, wow, like just about every white person in here is racist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It well
1: I guess we can go ahead and get into it now because a lot of a lot has been said about Quentin Tarantino and his fetish, and his fetishization of black culture and his fetishization of the um, use of the N word in his movies. And I think watching, I this is my first introduction. Well, fiction is my first introduction to Quentin Tarantino. Okay, and at the time. When watching it, um, I did not necessarily have a problem with hearing the N-word spoken out of a white actor's mouth. I, can, I Even at a young age, I understood the context of, of, of art and using the word in a sense where you're speaking to a character, where you're speaking it in a ter- in the context of your art and not necessarily trying to be offensive with it. Um but a lot has been said in recent years when I think after he did um what was it um what was the um the that, one before um uh, the hay fate. Hey fight yeah the hay hay um and then when he was doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was like seeing like, okay, how many niggers is gonna be in? I made those jokes too. How many, how many n-words <laughs> are gonna be in this in this movie? Um so it's kinda like, okay, looking at it now, dog, it wasn't necessary. It yeah. wasn't necessary nope. for you to be like, you know, how like do you see a sign in front of my house that says dead n-word storage? You know, right. speaking yeah. it, speaking it about a black man to a black man, it's like, dog, was that really necessary for you to have it? Or you're just trying to be edgy, just to be edgy because you want to say this. And it feels like Quentin Tarantino is just the type of guy, hey, I'm going to write these in my scripts because I want to say it. It doesn't mean anything. And he said as much per- on a personal level, he said as much. It's just a word even to the point where Spike Lee took his criticism of Quentin Tarantino for one of his movies, um, Bamboozle, which was one of my favorite ter- one of my favorite Spike Lee movies, where he famously criticized Quentin Tarantino for saying the N-word all the time in his movies. So, yeah, it's just it's like, you know, it, it wasn't necessary. At the time, I didn't have a problem with it, but looking back on it, watching it today for the podcast, and then watching it in recent times, like, you know, it wasn't you could have went a different direction in this.
2: Do you? Yeah. Do you guys think? And here's, and uh, back to you, Juan, Like, mm-hmm. do you feel like? And, and I'm kind of similar to that too. Because I remember watching it first. The shock. It was. It was shock, right? But the thing is, mm-hmm. like, I. It's mm-hmm. not like I have never seen a movie with a racist white person dropping that in general, mm-hmm. right? Just on the GP, right? But, but as far as like him saying it, like, like it was nothing to, uh, Jules being in the same. Mm-hmm. And I guess he, Jules needs a favor from him, but at the same time, it's like. You're just going to be dropping that in front of... A, you're right, in front of a black man like that? That's the thing that, to me, was like... I get it when you have, even in the Hateful Eight, because of the time period, these motherfuckers dropping in. Mm-hmm. Plus, it seems to be, no offense, and I love Walter Goggins, but I feel like that word comes out of his mouth all the time. But that's just...
1: <laughs> but I do love yeah, Walter, Walter Goggins. Goggins is like a mad liberal. <laughs> so Walter, I like, know he is. <laughs> but the characters <laughs> he, plays, Walter, he plays, man. I just never say that. I'm sure I always I'm just saying I don't know
2: why it just seems like it should come out of his mouth all the time. Just because that's how it but anyway, context, right? Mm-hmm. Context right. I think becomes a thing where there was really no context for for Quentin Tarantino's character to say this, where there was context for those fucking uh dudes in that shop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Zed and uh and Maynard to say it. Do you know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, we We're gonna get into oh, that. But I'm just saying, no. like that's and that's where the that's where I feel like like you're saying, Joan, like his like fixation on this and that him mm-hmm. wanting to say it to say it is like mm-hmm. the part that it, is the turn off and and yeah so that's kind of where i'm at with that too but uh yeah
1: but right it's-, it's just that is it's just that um mm-hmm. i think when you have these that tackle right that specifically tackle race in terms of this is a movie that is going to take the issue of white people being racist to black people, and you're using the and you're using the N word as a as a weapon against them. I understand that because it's a product of It's either contextually appropriate within the within the movie or is appropriate for the time frame that that movie takes place. But Quentin Tarantino in this movie is try is using that word and not mind you are of that word. And he's trying to be this, either he's trying to be edgy or he's trying to be the, the cool white boy that I can just say this to my black friend and not my black friend and not be upset or my black or in this particular sense, my black friend needs something and I'm going to just use this as a blow, And where he cannot, he can't, hey, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, do you see a sign on the front of my house that says dead nigger storage? You know, and Jewel says, hey, you ain't got to, like, it ain't got to be like that, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you need right. something. Right. You need, you need, you need my help. So I'm going to basically use this word as to you. And what are you going to do? You, you can't, you know, just, you can't get up in my face because, like, you you SOL. So it's like, it's just like, it just, it just feels unnecessary. And again, I do like Quentin Tarantino as a director. I've liked many of his movies. Feels like this, and that's why I say this particular movie doesn't age well because it just feels with him being, if it were, for example, let's say if it was, like, Replace Quentin Tarantino with, say, um, who was a big actor, a big white actor at the time? Harvey Keitel's in this movie already. Right. Then replace so. him with like any other white actor. De Niro. Replace him with De Niro. It would be, It would. It probably would feel a little bit different coming out of De Niro's mouth. De Niro probably would have added a little bit more nuance or contextualization to that to that line than Quentin Tarantino keep in mind Nero is is ahead of a better actor than Quentin Tarantino Look that's oh, yeah. that's part of it too but man cuz right
2: him delivering the lines in that scene were were very hard to
1: watch right it, it just, it it really just feels different it just feel, it just hits different out of yeah. Quentin Tarantino's mouth knowing personally that Quentin Tarantino how Quentin Tarantino's relationship with wants to say that word, yep and Nero who is a care who is a person who understands history
0: mm-hmm.
1: would be, and I guess that's my thing with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I can understand all of that, and I, I actually forgot, I, I don't remember he was even in this movie. So when he shows up, and then he starts dropping those bombs. I'm like, well, what are you doing? You're doubling down. Like, what is going on here? Like, not only is almost every white character using that word, you're in here in your own movie. You wrote the script using the word yourself. Um, I, I don't know. Was he trying to be edgy? These are things that was shocking people because they had not seen it before.
1: You right. know, The
0: the style of the, the way the movie is filmed, uh, you know, how nonlinear it is. Um, I mean, we, we, uh, a lot of movies, they try to set the tone with the opening sequence. In this one, we have Tim Roth spattering out all types of, of freaking, uh, derogative slang for all types of nationalities, Hispanics, uh, or Latinx uh-huh. really, uh, and Asians, you know, um, uh-huh. there's only one other movie where I've, have uh, I've heard the word slope used derogatively, uh, towards Asians. And that was Karate Kid because, you know, Mr. Miyagi's in it. And, uh-huh. and so for him, it's like, dude, this, this guy has like a dictionary of racial slurs, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> like, what else could I use in my movies? Um Wait, he
2: hit on all of us then. He did. He really did. Mm. No, like literally our podcast, everybody here, he hit on all of yes. us.
0: Oh yes, that too. <laughs> that too. Absolutely. Maybe that's why we're doing the movie. Right, know. yeah. <laughs> um let, let, let's go ahead and, and get into to the movie then. Um, you know, I, I brought up that opening scene. Uh, what what are you guys' thoughts about this couple who uh you know comes up with this plan to rob a restaurant because that's not something that people hear about
1: again, it was it was in, to me at the time it was inventive because who who have you heard has robbed a restaurant you know before <laughs> or robbed a waffle house of course, like it happens every fucking week now, but like, yeah. at the time like who robs like a restaurant and you have these conversations that like that occur, and like you said before with the language part of it, where at the time. And again, like Quentin Tarantino is a person that it seems to also be a. Keenly aware of the power of language, but also keenly unaware of like how he's willed He's keenly aware of how he's wielding it, but also seems like flipping in his everyday life because when he when you have Tim Roth address the waitress like garçon garçon, right. and like that's the first time I heard where garçon means boy. So of course he's you. So he's understanding that that is sexist. And mm-hmm. yep. the addressing of the female of the uh, woman wait of the woman waitress, where she corrects him that Garcon means boy, and it ca- you kind of see a glimmer in Tim Roth's head, like oh, maybe I shouldn't do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, wow. So it's just like so again, like it's just the power. It, we all know Quentin Tarantino is a is is like a phenomenal writer mm-hmm. of scripts. And it's just like he's this is a person that's keenly aware of the power of language.
2: Yeah. Well he wrote you, you know he the, wrote
1: true romance,
2: so the same mm-hmm. thing the same thing goes there too, you know? And right. also,
0: um uh, natural born killers was was part of true romance, which he split up into two movies.
1: Oh really? I didn't oh, know I didn't I, know that. I, I know.
0: Yeah. Um uh, we, we uh I covered it with um Pyro from the, the True Bromance podcast, you know, <laughs> for, 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 you, know, <laughs> you know, where they got that name right. So um, yeah, and, and I think it was in that review that we we talked about that that uh, it, the movie was so damn long. He split up in, into two. Uh, what, was it Tony Scott that directed uh, yes. True Romance? Yeah, and then I, I don't know. I don't know who else did Natural Born Kills, but it was it was a different director. Um, um what's the guy's name? Um, I cannot think of that right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the, the use of Garcon to go back to that real quick. Uh, it does mean boy literally in, in France. Uh, I, I don't know if it's still a thing that they do, but that's how you would signal the waiter. Um, and I remember in high school, my French teacher actually said, you know, it's actually, uh, inappropriate to, to even use that anymore, I believe. So mm. not only is he being sexist, but yeah, also use it because he, Using the calling them because it does mean boy, but to use it towards a server is a big no no. Yeah, it's like derogatory,
2: Mm -hmm. right? I mean, can you imagine that? Mm -hmm. I mean,
0: yeah, that's a that's
2: a derogatory term towards a black man, like you know, that's been used over fucking centuries. So that's right. I can only imagine what it's like to, you know, I'm assuming it's a similar thing. Like, you know, it's like snap your fingers to get their attention. How rude is that? To me, Mm -hmm. snapping your fingers to get a server's attention is. Equal to somebody slamming the money on the counter, supposed to handing it to you, <laughs> like when you're yeah, sir, when or, you're, or holding
0: uh-huh. out your hand and expecting the mailman to put mail in your hand.
2: <laughs> Holy shit, people do that. Okay, that's, oh, that's, you've ever heard this That's before. insider insider baseball here. What's going on, Peter? You can I, tell I, us about I've this. actually,
0: I brought that up on all types of uh, episodes. Uh, specifically, we got five when Nina was on, oh. and I told her about that. Um, cause I was trying to think, is it like a generational thing? Maybe, maybe the older folks, that was a thing for them. They don't think it's like not uh, that, that they don't see a big deal of it to me. It makes me feel like you you think you're superior to me that I'm, I'm your servant to, to hand you your mail, you know, in your open hand, you know, open palm. But yeah, people do that. There's one lady that I delivered to, I'll be next door. And once I turn around from delivering to that house, I, I make eye contact with her immediately. Her hand's already out and we're like a freaking cross the street from each other. Like, lady, what are you doing? <laughs> what? So wow. what, what, what do I do? I hold the mail straight up, and then we walk towards each other. <laughs> what else am I going to do? <laughs> I, I, I hope that she would get the idea, but if she's holding her hand up, I'm going to hold her mail up as well as I walk to her. Oh, wow. People. Did not anyway. know that. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people do that, and it's not okay. At least to me, I don't, I don't like that when people do that.
2: Is there um, – um, do you guys feel – okay, this is how I feel about – um not just the scene of the, the first scene or the subsequent scenes in that diner, but also is it me or are the women, how they're written on this movie in this movie, like annoying as fuck, like, or just like really kind of almost sometimes cringeworthy in some of the aspects. And even uh, does he use women who have very distinct voices to like emphasize maybe to the, the gays, uh, your gaze, of how you view women, kind of thing. It was very strange watching it this time around, because like, I remember the voices kind of annoying me a little bit, and particularly I, uh, uh, and I can't remember Butch's girlfriend's name. Jody. Jo- no, wait. No, no, no. no, uh, no. Uh, she had a French Fabio. name. She had a French oh, name, right? It was like Fabia, yeah, like. yeah. Fabine. Fabien. Fabien, maybe. I can't, but either way. Yeah, something like that. I remember her voice annoying me, and it's like, and I'm like, but it's also how they were portrayed. That was kind of a bit i don't know and maybe that's another thing that might not not play well now you know what i mean because it just seemed like they were they were there just to um i don't know if it was just a matter of oh we're, we're here to just be here for the men the, the men in this story but also we're gonna be like serious like just annoying characters where you know i don't know it's just it was just
1: very what? very weird you know what, and I, and I actually kind of had this thought when I was watching it as well. Um, the, how he treats the women in his characters, and that's also in this movie. And there's also been a criticism of Quentin Tarantino of how he treats the women in his movies, also how he treats the um, the uh, women actresses um, mm-hmm. in the movie. Famously, with the situation between him and Uma Thurman, you know, that was revealed, and they since had you know, made up or reconciled their relationship. But you have oh uh, you have um the woman in the diner. What was the act what's the actress, um uh, Peter? Which um, one? The in the diner. The woman in the diner.
0: Oh, uh, gosh. Um, that was the funny thing is, like the wiki for oh, you know that's why because I'm on Quentin Tarantino's wiki page. <laughs> I was like, the funny thing is they don't have the plot or the actors. <laughs> oh, that was Amanda Plummer. Amanda okay.
1: Plummer. But you have you do have these actresses which are which are famous in their own right before yeah. and since then, of course. But you they it feels like. Like you said, Mariano, where you have these actresses, and it kind of seems like either he's choosing these actresses for their voices that may sound a little bit grating at the time. And I don't want it to be seen like I'm disparaging these women for something that they they cannot control, which is their voices. But it feels like that Quentin Tarantino is he's he's the writer of the movie, so he the dialogue that he's writing is going to accentuate what. Is coming out of their mouths. Mm -hmm. So it feels like to me that he is treating these women, these women characters in a way that do not make you feel any type of sympathy towards them, that you kind of want them as a person watching them, whether you be a male or a female person watching this movie, that you kind of like, oh my God, I wish you would shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like. Now, whether that's on purpose or whether it's intentional or whether that's just kind of like some internal sexism that's coming out, it just kind of feels like he's doing this. And that's not a criticism that I'm making up. That's something that has been said about him, yeah. you know, in the articles. Uh, t-
0: to me, I, I feel a lot of these women, they're just in really shitty situations. Um, mm. You know, all, all these men that they're with are, are bad men. They're, right. they're, they're all criminals. Bruce Willis is a boxer. You know, and I think uh, his girlfriend, yeah, Fabian. She's Fabian. Fabian. She's like Fabian. probably you know the the most innocent. I mean, use that word you know lightly. She obviously knows um, you know about the things that he does, but she seems to be pretty clean. You know, um, mm-hmm. just every, everybody else. Yeah, they're just with. It's it's like a Bonnie and Clyde relationship with everything else. Um, I think the only one that's kinda of living it up is actually Mia. You know, Why? Because, you know, just because uh Marcellus is, is rich, you know, and he's 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 um he's out in these streets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um it's
2: really it. I've I've seen Amanda Amanda Plummer in different things and did not have mm-hmm. the same feeling. you know what I mean? Did not have the mm-hmm. same kind of visceral reaction to her character and, and the way she was so I don't so we can't say anything. I can't really Hold anybody against for what their voice is you know that's their voice it doesn't matter Uh, but but i don't know if it's something that was emphasized or or almost like almost like directing her because he is the director directing her to uh, be over the top when it comes to this robbery and it comes uh, to like the way that she is reacting towards her male counterpart who you know is her 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 lover for you know lack of a better term and how you know, like one of the later scenes when when she's holding the gun to Jules and Jules is holding the gun to to um uh well pumpkin is what they have for Tim Roth right <laughs> like um yeah. uh, honey, honey honey bunny something. and honey pumpkin
0: bunny, yeah. honey bunny.
2: and um so it's over the it's almost over the top with the way she's putting her voice out there which I don't recall her voice being like that so that's what one of the things that's kind of like uh what is going on here is is it. His uh Tarantino, the director, his gaze on women, and that's how it's coming out on the film. And to me, that was like, okay, they were really more like afterthoughts. And if you're thinking about them, they're not, necess- it's not necessarily good thoughts. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, right. I, I think that they served a the purpose was to show off their feet. That's usually what they do <laughs> oh in, in his movies. I mean, do you guys like rubbing feet? I mean, why, why, why are we talking about feet rubbing? I do like that exchange mm. between Jules and Vincent, though. He's like, "Do you?" A men's feet. <laughs> my, a my feet could use a little rubbing. <laughs> I really hate you right now. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to right. admit it, huh? Would no. A... <laughs> okay, well, I,
1: no. <laughs> I rub my own feet. Now I lotion
2: on <laughs> right, I'm not gonna talk about feet because that's not my thing. That's like that's Quentin's things. Him and uh the old uh, coach for the Jets. I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ron, Ron, like Rex Rex. Yeah, Rex Ryan. Ryan. Rex Ryan.
0: Was it? I don't yeah, know. it was
2: Rex Ryan. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I let them deal with the because so I don't want nothing to do with that. Uh. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. That was just kind of my overall like uh, just an overall view of how how this was done. And then now I'm like, okay, now I gotta really think about other films that he's done, and how does that correlate with with it? You know what I mean? Like, in uh, in. Oh, gosh, and I can't think of any film. Oh, I guess *Inglourious* Inglorious Bastards*. You know, I got to see that again, mm-hmm. and I really like that film. That's like one That's of my favorites of of his.
0: Probably top three for me. Yeah. Right.
2: So to me, I'm like, I got to see how the French woman in that movie how how she was treated. You know what I mean? Because I can't recall, to be honest. So I got I got to see it again.
0: Um, the French Jewish
1: woman.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. From the very beginning, the one who. Well, for, yeah.
1: The, well, from where I remember, of course, covered in blood. Emotionally traumatized, kind of try. I think actually, if I'm going to go ahead and spoiler alert for Inglorious Bastard, she was killed uh, by the German soldier, from what I remember at the end. Was it but in, in, in like,
0: the projection room or something like the that? The projection room. Right, yeah, right
1: why was she so sympathy to the German soldier and like, I think she ended up shooting him or something like that. And he ended up getting a last shot on her. But I do typically think that women in Quentin Tarantino movies, at least in the, sometimes in the context of the, um, of the story that he's trying to tell typically do get abused in some type of way. Famously in, um, not once upon a time, but famously in, um, I keep it blanking on Or no, house? Oh. no no Nope, nope, um, nope. Sam, the one... Hey, plate, hey,
0: plate. Oh, Jennifer, I, yeah, see, I, Jennifer, I don't I don't think of that one because that's the one I haven't seen.
1: Jennifer Jason Lee right. is abused I'm, from start to, to finish, finish, yep. finish. Yep. But, considering the fact the character that Jennifer Jason Lee represents, you don't feel any sympathy for that character, but yet this is a woman that is abused from start to finish of that movie. You
0: yeah. know? Go and Unchained, you know, with Kerry Washington. Oh, Kerry Rush. Washington,
1: right. highly criticized. I highly criticize, I didn't, con, historically, don't have a problem with it, but still, depending on the level of wokeness, I should say, people you, right. you, you know, may have a problem with it. But, yeah, but I think it, and it It is kind of hard because, you know, Quentin Tarantino, he's gonna, he is, he is a writer that knows what he's doing. He's a very astute writer. He's not just putting this shit out in the fucking echo chamber. He's going to do it with some type of care involved. I mean, he always has a way out to say, well, hey, this is, this is how it was, you know. And I'm going, I'm just telling the truth, I'm just telling the truth from how it was or what I interpret it as. So, you know, take that for what you want.
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a running theme because I'm, I'm, I'm recalling Jackie Brown right now. And Jennifer Jason Leigh's character mm. also was, if not physically, well, yeah, she was. It, like, like somewhat, you she know, she was, sh-
1: she was, she was, she was
2: killed, not, but not besides that. She was, she was also was, like uh, basically emotionally abused to a certain extent, too. So, I mean, you know,
0: you know what? Right. I, I, I like Jackie Brown is also the other one I haven't seen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Br- I, and you know
1: what? One. I think Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown is one of my. I would say top two Quentin Tarantino movies is Once Upon a Time and Jackie Brown. I think those are actually more closely related than than uh, Once Upon a Time and uh, Pulp, Fiction, Pulp Fiction. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: Jackie Brown is my favorite from his. I really love that. And and again, I, I feel like it's one of the least Tarantino ish Tarantino movies. Even though it still has his elements, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, and it's, it, I don't know. I get, I, I know we went down this rabbit hole about where women, how women are treated on Quentin Tarantino movies, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it was just something that kind of stood out in this one. And maybe it is because it's one of his early, early films is right. the one that put him on the map. Cause after yep. this, you know, he was a hot director, right? Um, mm, yes. Even though it wasn't his first film, but now he's, uh, he's big time, you know, now he's creating all these other, other films. You know, um, so, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, very interesting. Uh, let's let's, uh, let's talk about Jules and Vincent there. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. first time we see them, they, they, uh, this is probably the, the most medius of, of dialogues is between these two. Um, I think most of us learned that the French call a quarter pounder with cheese, you know, roll <laughs> cheese from this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, what else did we learn? Uh gosh. Samuel learned- Jackson was just so good. Yeah,
2: we learned that they're are a couple of dorks. That's what we
0: learned. Yeah, <laughs> as said by Quentin Tarantino. Um, we I mean, learned is, is this close. the
2: is this the beginning of Samuel Jackson and the terrible wigs?
1: I guess I, I, I would imagine so. <laughs> I don't know. I think this wig
2: still beats out uh, Looper. No, not Looper. It wasn't Looper. What was that movie he was in about? Oh, looper,
0: uh, a jumper, jumper. Thank Lumber, you, He Jumper. was a blonde. No, he was he was bl- yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he had that blonde <laughs> wig on that
2: one. Oh, but thank you, Juwan. Unbreakable. Okay.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, oh man, Mr. Glass.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Sorry. Um. No, you're right about as far as like uh their conversation, and this is where again you get into the whole like the script writing that Tarantino oh. does when it comes to dialogue, like really just matter-of-fact dialogue but it's like yeah it's really like it's very it's very well done now mind you sometimes when i when i heard the dialogue i'm like there i don't know if anybody speaks like this certain in certain parts right you're like what english <laughs> <Yeah>. well <laughs> it is my it is my second language peter you know that and, uh, and uh, it's hard that's mine
1: <laughs> it's my second language too by the way <laughs> Oh yeah. Is that cuz you're from the south? What's going on here? Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Um I do like the scene with like this uh Brett and and is it Brett or Brent? Is Brett. Brett, yeah. I love all of that. That was really good. Uh, um obviously the, the shooting Marvin in the face later on. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> because they they didn't even get to finish that uh, sentence. You know, that was a mid-sentence. Boom. <laughs> um, what, the say that, what?
2: Say what, motherfucker? Is that the, That's brand Yeah. Right? yeah. That one. That's yeah. A good, he Look, nobody can motherfucker like that
1: motherfucker, basically. No, Samuel Jackson
2: right. yes. said, I forget, I'm that motherfucking motherfucker,
1: motherfucker.
0: You should trademark that, that word. <laughs> right? I think,
1: I, you know, because he has that Amazon app thing coming out, and you can use it. You can't get him to swear. Oh, oh that's
2: that, you have to. You can't not have that without him swearing. Mm-hmm. But
0: uh, so Jules and Vincent, they work for uh, Marcellus. They're kind of like the muscle, right? Um, they're they're the guys who get sent to go take care of things. Um, and we don't ever find out what's in the suitcase, right? No, that's a MacGuffin. Right? Yeah, it's it's just something that glows gold. <laughs> Is that what I think? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys have any idea what it might be? Gold bars? Uh, you know, <laughs> gold member? I have no
1: idea
0: what's in it.
2: Wait, you just said gold member? That makes me think like it's it's mini me in gold <laughs> inside <laughs> that
0: suitcase. Or an actual gold member. You
2: know? <laughs>
1: You know what? I hope his last movie, if his last movie is gonna be the Star Trek movie, or his last movie is gonna be whatever the Kill, the, whatever the Kill Bill sequel is gonna be. I hope he just reveals, like, there's a scene that reveals what this gold thing is.
0: You know, yeah, as, as like a little Easter egg. You know, um, maybe a nice movie just that just kind of touches, I guess, maybe ties up the loose ends for, from other movies. Um, you know, m- m- maybe kind of, kind of like a, how another Netflix movie that just came out to tie up some other loose ends. Yep. There uh, you yes. go. There you go. <laughs> Spoiler uh, alert. What? Next what hour. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, what, what? What other uh, moments with Jules and Vincent do you guys like?
1: Um, I do, you know, just kind of actually skipping ahead all the way to the very
0: end. Okay. Um, where
1: um Jules. Um and Vincent, well, more so that Jules has this religious awakening in in um the robbery attempt that 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 um happened where where not the robbery attempt, sorry where Jules has this religious awakening when the guy comes out of the um comes out of the bathroom and just shoots, and none of the bullets hits him or Vincent, but you got mm-hmm. all of the bullets in the back of the wall. It's like, <laughs> right, the great moment, too. Him. Yeah, that was just a fantastic moment of like, hey, I could have died. You know, right. I could have got killed. And also, um, where this guy that had terrible aim basically op- awakened this you know, religious uh, this religious moment within me, and it it, it it was just a great scene where Jules was just trying to explain to Vincent how this how that moment affected him. Yeah, it uh,
0: is very much it is what it is. <laughs> like right. a, a he missed <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> pretty much <laughs> we got lucky. <laughs> oh
2: man, um, I um I really enjoy how they're matter of fact when it comes to their job because it's just a job, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. everywhere okay. they walk, they're they're bullshitting. They're talking about whatever. And, and you know, as they're like getting ready to walk, you know, basically walk into this apartment and like, you know, wreak havoc on these like freaking like, t- uh, you know, college students or whatever the fuck they are. You know what I mean? Like, all this is going on and they're like just talking about the fucking Royale with cheese and like rubbing feet.
0: You know what I mean? Like, you know, you would think Vince would stop taking a shit, you know, out and about. Like, he needs to wait until he gets home. Oh my God. Yes. It, because every time like, he uses the bathroom, something bad happens.
1: Oh, my God, yes. Like and that, that ended up being his own demise. <laughs> right. That whole
0: thing, like,
1: why would you leave the gun on, yeah. like, by the door?
0: It's not sanitary, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: It, it, a little shit on a trigger finger would have been fine. That would have saved your life, dude. <laughs> I was
2: thinking, like, he's there to, to to stake out the joint or be in there in case homeboy comes back. Why leave the gun where the where homeboy can come back and get it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. So that taught me to like always uh, bring my gun when I take a shit. Just bring, my, just bring a gun. I don't have a gun, but I would bring one. In fact, I just go out and find guns so I can go take a shit with a gun.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's what he um, did really well in this movie too. Like all the scenes were tense. I mean, I, I mentioned that this was almost like watching a new movie because – you know i remember some of the beats but a lot of the details i had forgotten so the stuff with bruce willis was also very tense um shit when he's at the at that red light <laughs> <laughs> right, Marcellus, is and crossing at the
1: crosswalk. This takes us like, the... to LA, and this takes yeah. to LA. Like, what is a fucking coincidence that he would just come across Marcellus Wallace in fucking LA, a city of millions of people, walking across the street from fucking Whole Foods?
0: I got you. you. Know <laughs> I got you hey, one better. I got you shit. So yeah. Marcellus had to go make the run.
2: <laughs> I got one better for you. I got one. I got one better for you. Why <laughs> is the boss? getting the donuts <laughs> that marcellus is, well, is you not to take care of your people but marcella yeah you take care of the people by buying the donuts but marcellus is not the one to go grab the motherfucking donuts somebody else does that shit for him so i just plot hole quentin <laughs> plot hole this booty sucks <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yeah, the stuff with Marcellus too. Let's, oh. uh, God, let's talk about that. Yeah, Mar- Marcellus uh, pays Bush to take a dive. Oh gosh, you know, even the, the the little bit of backstory here. Can we talk about how problematic the uh, Christopher Watkins name is?
1: Colonel, Car- what was it?
0: Captain something, and I'm not going to say the word, even though it's his the, the man's last name. Uh, Forrest Gump used it.
1: Oh. <laughs> Okay, I know. I I know. Okay, I know. Mm-hmm. I can't
0: well I can say it, but can say you can say it. it. I
2: can't. Right. I
1: can't say
2: it. I can't say it. <laughs> um. Oh my god. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Freaking Quentin, man. Oh,
1: man. <laughs> Just, I, see, I did not even think about that until y'all mentioned it. Just another right, reason. Another way to
0: all...
1: Another reason. another way. You know, was able to make a get a racist story in there by making it a character's name. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he'll do it, man, and he did. Mm-hmm.
0: So the the stuff with uh Butch not taking the dive, even though that's the the um yeah you know, the deal that he made. What what was the, the the motive then? He he was just trying to escape out with uh Fabian. Yeah, to I think, kind I think of where... start over.
1: I think what it was is that he was supposed to take the dive and he ended up killing the guy and i think yeah I think what it was that he basically was gonna escape with the money anyway, right, but his pride with his pride would um not let him you know lose the fight and he mm-hmm. ended up killing the guy and I don't know now did do you know? In the theatrical movie, of course, that scene with him after he um after the boxing ga- after the unboxing um, match was mm. kind of like maybe a minute with him, like the girl asking him like, "How did they feel, the killer man?" And he said, "I ain't feeling the way about it." Did you know that right. was like a ten minute that that actually was a ten minute scene? No, no, yeah, that was actually a whole yeah. I watched it uh, like I, I don't remember all of it, but I watched it a long time ago. That actually was a very longer scene of him in that taxi cab, you know, spouting all of this existentialist and about how he felt about what happened and about how it related to him and his, his relationship with his father um, or his lack of. Um, and you should look it up. It's probably on YouTube, but it was like mm-hmm. a very longer scene of him and a lady in the taxi cab. That was really, yeah. really good. And we it was just cut aside. Yeah. yeah it it was cut
0: for time was it me or did, did she drive barefoot?
2: yes, she did
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. my god they did I'm, a I'm he did a close
2: up of her feet he did a close up of her yeah.
1: foot it's, it's QT I'm man it yeah his, his look, feet
2: <laughs> look um uh, my my understanding
1: uh
2: my understanding of uh of butch is butch put all his money on himself with a bunch of bookies. Uh, on top of that so he was he was he had a plan to just fucking do that anyway and he my my also the way i see it just from the character is that butch has contempt for for marcellus obviously he's taking the dude's money Uh but he had no intentions of taking that dive you know what i'm saying Uh so that's i don't know that's how i saw it but again i don't know if it's open to interpretation or not but he definitely did the whole like (laughs) putting all the money on the put, put all the money on himself and like run away as soon as possible um, I do like how the announcers are talking about. I like the transition between the woman on the cab and uh-huh. her listening to the to the match, and then having the boxer run into the cab. Right, you know, it was just set which was set up obviously, and the announcers talking about how you see how fast he ran out of the out of the ring. Yeah, he goes. You see the look in his face. Yeah, that's what happens when you kill a man. It's like he had no <laughs> fucking idea he killed uh, the dude.
1: I really like that. Was pretty cool. Great. I wish more attention. Would have been played to, um, uh, to that and like I, maybe not even seeing the boxing match, but that's the beauty of the ten minute scene because I do think it goes more. I, from what I remember, it does it does go more into how he how he felt or how what he thought about the him killing that person, you know, in a boxing match. But I do want, I wish it would have gone as far as the actual theatrical movie would have gone into, like, you know, hey, what was your motive? Did you have to kill this guy?
2: You right,
1: know, right. You know. Um, but I do want to ask you, since we're here, with Butch, I do think that particular segment of Butch when it with Butch from start to finish was like the most compelling of the movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: And, you mean I, His story, you mean? I'm sorry, I missed that.
1: Ooh, I think, Marcellus. yeah, I think his, I think his, I think what is where it started and his story was like the dialogue was kind of it just made me extra attentive this time watching it for the podcast that I feel like the Butch the Butch segment was like the most compelling part of the movie. It was the meatiest part of the movie to oh, me. I can I can see
2: that. I can see mm. that um more so than, and I feel like with when, when it comes to Mia and and Vincent, like mm-hmm. that was the least interesting up until mm-hmm. the time she OD'd, and then right. the di- then the dialogue kicked in at a hundred miles an hour, and the the fact that that you have a is it Rosanna Arquette that right? That's that's the one who played um Jody Jody right, and yeah. her like yelling, and then um. Uh, not forget the actor's name Who was in Mask I can't remember his name right now Eric, 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 Eric Stoltz, oh, Eric, Stoltz. Eric, Eric Stoltz Yeah I was gonna get there Eric Stoltz mm. and uh, Rosanna Arquette Like basically hollering at each other Because there's an OD'd Woman who happens to be Marcella as Wallace's wife Brought in mm. by a freaking gangster Who just bought a bunch of heroin from you And all this other shit's going on And that I feel like was The most entertaining part of those together It
1: was entertaining was Like you to yeah. get the fuck out of here Yeah right <laughs> <laughs>
2: no i love when he's on the phone like uh what you call me on the cell phone um wrong number wrong number you know like
0: (laughs) you know i i kind of like all of that stuff with like mia and vincent though um i mean vincent is on heroin uh mia has been doing lines so like like any drug you got that slow burn and then that build up and then it just really hits you i actually liked all that slow burn dialogue and everything afterwards But why did after she snorted heroin, did she turn into like Natalie Portman from The Professional? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. Oh,
1: jeez.
0: Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, God. I was watching for uh, a few (laughs) seconds (laughs) there. But that's one thing I have forgotten, though. Like, for the longest time, I, I didn't realize that. Um, It was heroin that she snorted and OD'd on. I I thought it was just coke this whole time. No,
2: I knew. I knew she found the bag. She She found his bag. Yeah, but she found his bag. Yeah,
0: I I didn't know. I didn't know. I I didn't remember that Vincent, uh, even did heroin. That that's one detail that I forgot. Oh,
2: that's a pretty Mm -hmm. big detail,
0: buddy. Well, so what's like a look, new movie for you then again I've seen this movie twice maybe three times no, I, I'm, messing it's been with, a while. I'm messing with you Peter I, I'm yeah, just I, thinking
2: I, I, 11, 11 year old you did not know what that was you thought it was one of them sugar sticks hold on, hold on. I
0: mean, I'm, I'm sure I was early 20s by this time <laughs> <laughs> look I, I may know a little bit something about something so um yeah you well, know line, I. Though, before I forget the, the line that kind of got me was when Eric Stoltz was all like oh yeah, you know, nobody's doing coke more. heroin's coming back. I'm like, you know what, it's funny because I feel like I keep hearing that, like nobody's doing coke anymore, but like coke has been around and it's still around. You know, I think there's just other drugs that keep coming up.
2: Right. I I, I believe that. But it, that's yeah. the first time I heard that when, when I saw that. I don't know, I guess I wonder, I can't remember people's reaction to how he kind of filmed heroin being used. Because it almost seemed like... I wouldn't say it was glorifying. glorifying it. Yeah, it was glorifying, right? Because it did yeah. make it seem it like this cool. is cool, right? <laughs> it looked cool. I mean
0: But sure. then he shows you the you know yeah. the, the bad side of it. Right, yeah. Then, so yeah. just like breaking bad does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> breaking bad, nice. <laughs> um I don't know. I I'll be honest with you. And I like Uma Thurman, and I think that the, the acting was fine. I just was not as interested with that until
0: until she OD'd. That's, fu- that's kind
2: of fucked up on my part. I get it. I, I don't. I, I didn't I, let it just in Uma Thurman until she ODs. Okay. I
0: I love the dancing <laughs> uh segment. I I the people. dancing scene was good, but I really liked it. I liked it,
1: but I mean, it's good in the context of this movie. I don't think that. I, mm, I guess. Okay, I'm just gonna. I end up on the side of it being good, but it was. It could have been shorter. I guess what I, is what okay. I ended up on. It
0: it it was kind of like um the the thing was like i i guess for those that seen this many times they have a a certain opinion but for me having seen it as little as i have i don't know who the star of this movie was so for this review i was like oh it's, it's jules he's got the monologues and it's like oh wait a minute now now vincent's going on a date okay so i guess it's his movie because then he has to run in with butch later wait a minute so bruce willis okay so, so at, at no point did I ever feel like it was Marcellus's movie either. So I, I feel like it's like yeah. between I, you know Butch Jules and Vincent.
1: I think for Mar- I think Mark for the marketing purposes, it was John Travolta's movie. Mm-hmm. It's what I think at the time that it was advertised as the John Travolta movie.
0: I mean, it, it uh, he has a lot of moments on here, which a lot of his uh, ma- mannerisms and physical, um, you know movements that he does have all been turned into gifts right now <laughs> you know where he's like uh oh, which intercom and he, like that's used all the time <laughs> all right. uh, um, it was so funny th- kind of watching this live now you know like not as a gift that's
2: how um i, I wonder i mean if that, i guess that's part of it too right i mean you don't know who the there's no real lead but mm. i get it i get
0: yeah it's, it's it's an ensemble cast
2: right and i and i oh. get by by putting it as John Travolta's movie, but it really technically isn't really his movie. Mm, wow. If I were to put it out there, you know, I mean on the on the cover, it's Uma Thurman, it's Mia, right, uh, mm-hmm. laying on her stomach. If I'm not mistaken, maybe smoking a cigarette. I can't recall, but either way,
1: uh, she's smoking a cigarette. This still so ridiculous.
2: Right, 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 exactly. So to be honest, they're not. I mean, it's there's no real lead. I mean, if there's going to be, I mean, you can even say the music could be the lead. <laughs> you know, the fact the use of music Great throughout. Music. Right, it. that's mm-hmm. like a character in itself. Um, so I don't know, and 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 that's a kind of the beauty of it, like for what it is. You know, if you're gonna like break it down as a film, it's like okay, the fact that it's this non-linear, there's no real lead, and you know, like the use of of music with it, you know, and and some of the and some of the dialogue, um, you know, and yeah, so that's I mean, I would still I still enjoyed the film i still have problems which are maybe more amplified compared to when i first saw it um Uh you know so overall i think it's it's a good film i mean and it's it is a different take on filmmaking you know which Mm -hmm. which was probably needed at the time you know what i mean switch you know shake things up a bit
0: maybe we'll uh talk about one more sequence uh before we get ready to wrap up and you know any uh last thoughts you guys had um but the what about Marcellus and Bruce? Uh, not Bruce, well, Bruce, but Butch. You know the uh, getting raped and and, and all that stuff. Uh, did that work uh, for you guys?
1: Okay, and when I they if I could put myself back in the first time I watched this movie, it was literally like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" Um, like it was, it 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 became. Kind of, uh, it, it 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 almost became a horror movie at the time. Mm-hmm. Was like are they literally like raping this this man, raping this dude, you know? And I I don't I do not understand the I don't know what the point of what the point of that was, where these where these racist white men were raping this black man, and was that like. I don't know what, Queen what was Quentin Tarantino trying to say with that. Mm. You know, with this deliverance, you know, with this type of deliverance, um uh, I hate to say homage, but homage scene mm. where they were where they were raping Marcellus and you know, graphically, I just I just don't understand what the point of that was. I I
2: was definitely on the what the fuck is happening? that whole mm-hmm. time once they came out with the gimp i was like what is going and you it was veering in that direction right i mean that's how when i, I remember seeing this in the theater and and I, I wish i had like i wish you had like a reaction films right <laughs> reaction to ta- <laughs> yeah
0: because
2: re- yeah. this is like opening weekend we're in a theater full of people and like what the fuck were people's reaction to we this uh, is heading was- in this direction it was like what the fuck
1: I can imagine watching watching this in theaters and getting to that scene and like being in a room full of people when they open that door and you just see Mars and you just see being, big ass fucking baby boy being Reigns getting <laughs> get, <Jody>. getting raped <laughs> get raped you know I was like wow yeah it was a lot
0: it was a it, lot it's shocking. We, we keep going? Will it be shocking? Was, was is it more for tr- shock's sake? Than... I, I think so. Like, one so. questioned it first. Was he trying to be edgy? Yeah, let's, let's, let's see how far can I push this envelope. Because that wasn't necessary, but it made sense in the, at, at the end. Like, you know, um, Marcellus is like, you don't tell nobody. We're going to forget that this happened. You just get out of here and we're square. You know, <laughs> that see- makes sense to me. Right, but see,
1: it's also but again, it could Quinn have been Tarantino, something else. Though it could have been something else, right? But Quentin Tarantino, as the writer, Quentin Tarantino, as astute as he is, put the words "rape" in Marcellus Wallace's mouth, mm-hmm. where you feel like it kind of feels like that. Mar that what we what little we knew of Marcellus. In real life, Marcellus would have been would not have probably said, "Call him a rapist." Mm-hmm. But he, Queen too as a student he was, said, "Oh, well, this is what this was. I'm gonna kill this rapist here." And like, I'm, but again, it's this is a very fresh. It's a good movie, but it's also a very frustrating movie in terms of how you separate, how you want to compartmentalize. Quentin Tarantino, the purpose, the person, Quentin Tarantino, the person at the time, and Quentin Tarantino, the writer, you know, and how he frames his characters and frames his narrative of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. That, that Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. And um, this is a good movie, but yeah, I think we've brought up a lot of the things, the issues of it, you know, coming out of 1994 um i think if he remade this or you know if this was 2019 just like uh, once upon a time you know he drops the the n words um and and, mm-hmm. and maybe things are a little bit more more grounded and i'm gonna use that term loosely because not a lot of his movies are everything is just like more blood we need more blood you know just mm-hmm. have it come out of all all the holes in the body you know t- t- type of things and um, but I, I do like the conversations everybody has, even the right. slow burns. Um the, the crazy thing is the version I watched was about two thirty-four. Uh, mm-hmm. I see that there's another version that's that's two fifty-eight. You know, that might include that ten minute scene in the cab. Um, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, some more shots of feet, you know, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, one of the things we do on the show is, uh, I pull up the, the, the ratings, uh, available on the web and, and we'll kind of discuss, but this is pretty close. Uh, IMDB has it scored 8.9 out of 10 and Rotten Tomatoes has it fresh at 92%. So if those are both percentages, you're talking about a difference in three, three percentages. So do you guys think that's about right? Do you think you should be lower, higher?
1: I would probably give this a s- out of 10. 10 out 100, of hundred. Yeah, out of ten, I would probably give this about an. I would say I give this a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, I think. Uh,
2: you, I think that twenty-one-year-old me would probably uh-huh. give it a higher score, like in the nine, nine out of ten. Okay. Right okay. now, uh-huh. on, upon second watch, not not second watch actually, more like fifteenth watch, but uh, <laughs> uh upon <laughs> Subsequently watching it at this point in my life and 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 breaking it down more and and doing it more with the critics eye right like looking at it like you know we're podcasting about this um right. i I would say seven point five out of ten you know seventy five uh. percentile um and and a lot of that goes to a filmmaker breaking a barrier when it comes to making film right mm-hmm. and with some of that take i take off points just because of the gratuitousness of certain aspects and also again shock for shock's value is as opposed to like Peter you're saying grounded. I think that that's a great point. The great word to use for that. Like right now uh-huh. it would be more grounded. I haven't seen Once Upon a mm-hmm. Time in America because I'm actually I'm turned off Hollywood. by him. I'm Hollywood sorry Once Upon a Time in America Hollywood. America a different movie. <laughs> yeah. Whole different movie. <laughs> whole different movie. Although probably just as long, I don't know. I don't know how long I, I think so. He, okay? I think just as long, yes. Um uh I'm turned off by him. I saw Hateful Eight like on, on, on Netflix just be- you know, way after it came out. And I was like, Okay. I-, I watched the whole thing just to see it and I was like, okay, I think I'm done. And I know he's gonna he's they're talking about another kill bill and I was like, I'm I'm killed billed out, you know. Like yeah, so there's yeah, you know, so there there's only so much. So
0: I I'm, mean he just wants more of Luma Thurman's feet. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I can't see why he'd make another kill bill. Um <laughs> So I I can't even tell you what 11-year-old me would have thought, you know, if I watched this at night before. Yeah, I I probably would have smiled and laughed at a lot of the lines. Um, So what I will tell you, you know, like when I did watch this, uh, obviously it wasn't 2019. um, A lot of the things going on now wasn't really happening then to that extent, obviously. It was happening, but it wasn't as televised and, um, you know, put out there the way it is now. I really did enjoy this and I tried to, um, you know, try to block out like the, the more recent news with like him and the Bruce Lee stuff from once upon a time and mm-hmm. um, the Weinstein stuff, because this is a Miramax movie. Yeah, this is a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I try, I try to block all of that and I try to give this a, well, what's, what's the word that I use? Um, I, I, I basically try to give this a fair watch and, and, and remind myself that it was 1994, the hardest part for me was you know more than a few characters were dropping the bombus but, but specifically quentin tarantino putting himself in that role to be that character was wow. probably the hardest for me um, but i i enjoyed this movie uh, a lot and i i really loved vincent and mia I loved Vincent and Jules and I could use a Vincent and Jules spin-off, a movie on its own, and just them going about their day, you, you know, they don't have to do anything but just drive and fucking talk all day. Like I I will watch a 2-hour movie of that. I'd be okay with that. Uh-huh. Um so I, I think, you know, the low low 90s, 90 percentile, I, I think that's about right. Um I, I don't I don't think I I'd be curious to watch that 3-hour version and see if I feel that if I would feel the, the duration then. You know, because I think two and a half was actually fine,
1: right? And uh, and, and again, just reiterating your points. Yes, I, I. It's a good movie to me. Again, it doesn't hold up. If I'm putting myself back in 1994 again, like I said, I was still ready to eight out of ten. I do have my problems with it, specifically with Quentin Tarantino putting himself in the role, right. saying the yeah. n, you know, dropping the n word just because of how what I know personally about Quentin Tarantino. I just find it a problem and that's unnecessary. So that is what drops it for me. Yeah, I do want to. Um, one lingering thought I would like to bring up is I kind of like hinted to before the whole butch section, this relationship with Fabian, mm-hmm. and again, point to Mariano's point about the treatment of women. Do you all think that that was more so an abusive relationship more so than the, the movie led on? I believe so. I believe
2: yeah. so because there's certain there's a certain aspect of if uh, let's say in a heterosexual relationship. <laughs> a man and a woman, if the man uh-huh. has outbursts like these and breaks things around him, they're not hitting the woman per se physically, uh-huh. but that's still an abusive situation. Do You know what I mean? And it uh-huh. doesn't mean that it can't lead to other kind of violence. And uh-huh. not knowing Butch overall, um, who's to say what his past was violent-wise, uh-huh. especially the fact that he's a boxer and that he was involved in some kind of underground shit as far as like dealing with Marcellus, and, you know, he pulled the trigger on Vince Vega, not necessarily, I don't know if he was thinking twice about it, you know, cause it was either him or him or the dude. Right. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. when asked, when on the phone talking to his buddy who placed all those bets, basically his buddy was asking him, what about the other dude? You know, the one that he killed. He's like, well, mm-hmm. fuck, fuck him. He's like in, in, a, in other essence. So to me, just those little tidbits without getting the whole story, I'm going to say yes on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would say yes too. It is kind of tough to say. Um, here's a question for you guys: when, when he pulls that trigger on Vincent, would he have pulled that trigger if the waffles didn't didn't eject? Um, I mean, do, do you think, I think they probably have, could have I, talked it out?
1: Um, that's a hard and that's a hard thing to answer. I think that it was. I. I mean. That little filmmaking tool with a waffle—it was like more of a filmmaker's tool where the waffles eject and you pull the trigger. Just because you triggered or because one trigger leads to another trigger, mm-hmm. but it does. Maybe if the waffles did not eject, they probably could have had a conversation. You know, like, hey, this is gonna This is like, hey, you got you got the upper hand. I'll let you go. We never saw each other.
0: I you mean, because we've seen anything about Vincent, he's actually pretty mellow. Yeah, he's reasonable. You know, and, and, yeah. And so so th- that is interesting. And, Mariano, to what you were saying, like, yeah, I, I could see Butch being uh, physically uh, abusive uh, prior. And maybe Fabian, maybe she kind of, you know, kind of balance him out a little bit. Like, I, I feel like the way he speaks to her, I think right. maybe she's the only one that he's ever spoken to like that, you know? How it's very um, soft and sweet, and granted it was at night, and he was about to get lucky, but his outburst—I I can understand. I mean, I don't agree with it, but I can understand the outburst about the watch, you know. But I feel for the most part, I think maybe he tried harder with her. But again, I don't think we get enough to really make a like a, a decision that we can be confident in saying. All right.
2: Let's let's be it, honest. It, it, let's be honest though. I would not accept that watch from Christopher Walken. Sorry, I love <laughs> my dad. Yeah, I, World say, War One I I, or whatever. Say, that's you. totally cool. Thank you for for Appreciate coming by, you. telling me the story. <laughs> but there's no fucking way in hell I'm getting that watch from you. You can keep Give that shit. <laughs> Give me a replica.
0: Give me a replica. This is also the watch that that ended up killing you. <laughs> like <laughs> that's the other thing.
1: <laughs> right. I don't know. It's just like like just going back to the it. it he maybe was not physically abusive to her, at least in at least then, but he definitely was emotionally abusive yeah. and he definitely used abusive language towards her. Like even yeah. in a moment that was supposed to be sweet when she's talking about, hey, I would like to have a pot belly, and his first fucking thing that he says, <laughs> I <laughs> would if you had a pot belly, I would punch you in it.
0: Yeah. Ah, good point. You know, good point. I forgot about like, that. Yeah, okay.
1: me too right so i'm not excusing
0: him but but um i i don't know i i I think because she 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 has to have seen the good and the bad in him right and i guess that's the thing too with abusive relationships it's hard to get out of you know i I think we have either been there or we you know it's very close to home and we all have seen somebody there themselves um Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I guess I, I don't even really want to say too much just because I don't I don't think we get enough uh, of that relationship. But I I would like to say is I really love the, the 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 back and forth when he goes to pick her up. Like, oh, whose motorcycle is that? No, no, honey, it's a chopper. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it, 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 uh, <laughs> oh, God, what's the is that the one other thing too? You know, he's like. I did, did you hit? Did you have that breakfast? And she's like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. But what happened? You know, like that—that that felt very yeah. real to me. Yeah, like they so didn't have like they that. didn't have
1: blueberry waffles. They had like banana or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It ended up being sweetened, but still, again, like *Pulp Fiction*—definitely a movie of its time period. Definitely one of Quentin Tarantino, something that put Quentin Tarantino's on the on the map. A lot of mixed feelings about it, but. Def, but Quentin Tarantino is definitely uh, forcing Hollywood to deal with, and apparently he's retiring soon. We'll see if that's going to
0: stick. G-Z has said that a few times too, so <laughs> we'll see. How many albums ago? Yeah, yeah, I, I lost count myself. Yeah, um, even
2: uh, the great Michael Jordan retired.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Multiple times. Yeah. Um. All right. So that that's gonna wrap up this review. I know a lot of people love this movie, and hey, nothing wrong with that. Um, but I I would challenge you know you guys for those especially that haven't seen it. Um, five years still too recent, but I, I feel you know if you haven't seen it in over like eight to ten years, watch it again, and and I would like to see if if you feel the same way we do, or you're like, no, I, I see no problems here. You know, if you're Devin up in here, you know, like, <laughs> I, I see no issue. You know, something like that. Um, so, so, some people will get that. Uh, so yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, Joan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you know, this, this was your first time. I'd love to have you back on for, for other things in the future. Uh, okay. I, I definitely want to get off, uh, get with you offline and, and ask about a, uh, another collaboration on music in my brain. Uh, I've had you on my mind, but I, I just haven't reached out yet about uh, about a project. But um, uh, where, where can listeners get a hold of you if they want to continue this conversation? Maybe something you said that that uh, you know piqued an interest and they, they want to carry this on.
1: Well, you can find me uh, talking television and movies in the Core Temp Arts Group on Facebook, and you can also find me on Twitter and on Instagram at JTD. That is J A Y T E E D E E.
0: Mariano, what about you?
2: Um, I can't compete with the quiet storm voice, but I will say that <laughs> I, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Papa Elefante. That's at P-A-P-A-E-L-E-F-A-N-T-E.
0: All right. And also, I am at Postalgic on Twitter and Instagram. All three of us can be found in that group page, of Podcast uh, group. Um, yeah, we, we all contribute to TV at My Brain, Music at My Brain, all the brains. Um, and also... Cobra Kai Companion is a show that I do. Uh there there was a tie earlier. I, I didn't want to make it because, like, you know, because of the movie we were talking about. Um, I think was it Karate Kid Part 3? There was a person that came, uh Eric Stoltz, maybe? No, doesn't matter. If you guys like, you know, Karate Kid or if you've seen that show Cobra Kai and don't listen to a podcast on it, check out Cobra Kai Companion, Companion with a K. Um, I do reviews, and we've interviewed over 33 people associated with the show and the original movies. Uh, check us out! Uh, check us out there. So, um, I want to thank you guys for checking out this episode. You can also find me at Rip Citizen. Um, I I don't know. I, I do a lot of shit talking about sports and stuff. I don't know if that's a good follow, to be honest with you, but but that that is a thing there. Uh, so, I want to thank um, my guests and my co-hosts, and uh, you might hear the you know all three of us on another episode. Uh, coming up soon, or maybe it was the episode release first. Uh, Either way, it's on the feed. (laughs) So, thank you guys for checking us out, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Peace.
1: Thank you for listening to an original Arts Network production. To listen to more Cortemparts shows, visit cortemparts.com.